0: the Newton Knowledge Podcast. My name is Steve Target, and I'm one of the partners here at Newton One. I'm joined today by my colleague, Mark Singer, and today we're gonna have the great opportunity to hear from our founder, Tom Hollinger. The Newton Knowledge Podcast is intended to complement our Newton Knowledge webinars. We're gonna hopefully provide meaningful content to our valued advisor community, and generally anyone interested in learning more about sophisticated insurance-related topics focusing on estate planning and executive benefits. We're going to focus our discussions on timely issues that provide you with unique insight into the people, processes, and products that make our industry so critical. We're also going to occasionally highlight individuals who have been meaningful to Newton One and therefore have contributed to helping us serve our clients. Newton One is a national life insurance planning firm delivering sophisticated solutions, helping clients interested in estate planning, wealth transfer, business succession, and executive benefits. We're a member of the M Financial Group and We offer our clients access to the nation's most prestigious insurance carriers who would also develop innovative products available only through our network. So without further ado, we're on to our program. And today we really have a unique opportunity to hear from our founder, Tom Hollinger. Tom, welcome. And welcome from Arizona. We understand you're in a
1: little warmer weather than we sit in here out out on the East Coast. Thanks for being with us. Well, thanks, Steve. Uh, The weather is... uh in mid March, right now, 85 degrees in Arizona, so uh, it's not too bad right now. It's sunny, no clouds, so uh, not a lot to complain about. And thanks for having me; appreciate it. 2022 is a
0: is a is a big year for you. I, I don't know if I'll share the number of years, if you if you care to, you may. But you've been in the insurance business for for a couple years anyway, and a lot's changed. What do you think? Um, are there a couple positive? changes that have occurred in the industry maybe since you began or over the years that, that you know, you look back and you say, boy, these these really help
1: our clients and help the insured marketplace? That's a good question, man. And, and full disclosure, I've been in the insurance business 50 years, and in 1972, there were only two policy, life insurance policy choices, term insurance or whole life. And if you didn't like term insurance, you bought whole life. If you didn't like whole life, you bought term insurance. There were no other choices. What has happened over those 50 years is today we have term insurance and we have whole life plus probably seven, eight, nine different permanent policies like variable life or index variable life or universal life or no lapse guarantee. There are so many more different policy choices today. Rather than back in the early 70s and the 80s, where there was only two policies to fit all. Today, we have the opportunity to have different policy choices, uh, which I think is really good for the clients. It's very good for the public. We uh, We have the opportunity to expose to our client all the different policy choices and be able to explain the advantages and disadvantages to those and have them pick the choice of policy design that they feel most most comfortable with. That's a huge change. And moving forward, it continues to be that. And uh, transparency of policy designs uh, has also changed. It used to be, back in the the 70s, we used to call the whole life policy was the black box. Nobody could ever figure out, except for an actuary and a life insurance company, how they ever came up with the premium costs today there is total transparency uh, in an illustration that is given to the client on how the premium is made up whether it be asset-based fees or mortality costs administrative costs or what have you so there has been a lot of changes and and for the good and they should become and more changes should be coming in the future steve i think
0: yeah, yeah. So that that gives our clients more freedom to pick and and choose based on what their personal goals and objectives are, and helps them. For those that want want to see behind that black card or inside the black box, uh, what's happening in there. So let's fast forward to current times. Uh, we've had a change of administration. There's been some talk about some tax changes. Are there any opportunities? that you see in front of uh of us right now planning opportunities based on where we are are you hearing about anything that may be coming in the in the future that would benefit our clients from
1: a planning perspective well i I think there's probably two major planning opportunities that may be coming open for us planning with clients with the new administration um one is in the estate tax area for individuals to pass assets to the next generation either at death or in the form of a gift the proposals are that that could go down as low as 5 million dollars which is substantial so uh, you know a couple that used to have 22 million dollars could pass assets to their generation to today it's going it could go to 10 million dollars so that's a huge huge change uh, I think the planning opportunity is that it's very clear that from a gift tax standpoint, we can gift away up to $11 million. So for somebody who has an estate tax issue in that range, we can gift property away to generation two today. And if they change it down to $5 million, it will never be bought back to an indoor estate. So I, I think There's a real planning opportunity there, and one of the trusts is called SLATS, may be an opportunity for us to look at with clients. I think the other opportunity is that income tax rates are gonna go up for people in our clientele. Life insurance has some very unique advantages. One, the death benefit is tax-free. We can get the death benefit out of the estate for estate tax purposes. The other issue is that today, Life insurance, the cash values also grow income tax-free. And I think we may, in the future, if income tax rates do go up, we may see life insurance being used as an accumulation vehicle to accumulate wealth for pure investment purposes, lower the death benefit as much as possible, and put as much money in the the policy as you can, because it can grow income tax-free, you can take out basis income tax free, and you can make a loan from the policy income tax free. So that becomes pretty attractive. So the offset is, you're paying costs of insurance charges versus income taxes in a regular investment account. And I think with income tax rates going up, uh, I think it may be a planning opportunity for everyone.
0: Yeah. Good. Good. You know, one of the things that you've installed in the in the Newton One firm that we take to our clients on a daily basis is open and honest conversations and and as you mentioned before, transparency. If you look on the other side that all the people that we serve as clients is is there something that you know when you look back that you want to make sure that everybody understands about the life insurance business as a consumer?
1: Well, I guess probably the biggest frustration if I can use that terminology, is that life insurance illustrations, that are published by a life insurance company and insurance agents or insurance professionals use those to create a premium are basically wrong. Because they're wrong is to say that the premium is based on an interest assumption. And the only thing we know is that the interest assumption that we're using today to create the premium cannot be consistently constant for the next 40 years of the policy. So if the policy interest assumption to create this $10,000 premium was 5%, the only thing we know for sure is the crediting rate will not be 5% every single year for 40 years. There's only one policy design that is an exception to that. And my concern is that, and my frustration has always been that advisors, some advisors, and Proposed insurance, look at the premium and say, oh, it's $10,000. And they say, wow, it can't go up or go down. If I pay $10,000, everything will work out fine. That is completely false. The premium is based on an interest assumption. As you know, Steve, what we do at Newton One is we track those interest assumptions every year to see we're above or below the bogey. So if the interest assumption is 5%, when we started out and we made six, well, we had extra cash value to policy. On the other hand, if we made three, we have less cash value in the policy. So the interest assumption on life insurance is frustration because it creates a premium. And the only thing we know for sure is the premium is incorrect. Yeah, that's
0: so true. Let's go back to 1999. You were a successful business owner. At that time, you decided to make the move over to bring your firm, uh, Newton One, over to the M Financial Group. Could you share with us a little bit about what you wanted to build on Newton One and maybe a little bit about the M Financial Group as well for those who are not familiar with M?
1: Well, I had been a career agent with Provident Mutual Life Insurance Company for many, many years, well over 25 years. One of my frustrations being a career agent with their primary company is that you don't necessarily have the opportunity to get exposed to what are the other life insurance products? Uh, Is there something better out there for a particular client, and particular need? Our firm had grown and I was frustrated having only primarily one product design. Uh, So I had the opportunity to join the M Financial Group, which then opened up the door to many policy designs, many insurance carriers, total transparency, and gave me the flexibility and design of a life insurance policy and carrier choice that I did not have before. That was the reason that I did it, and I've been thankful ever since for doing it. And I think our clients clients would feel the same way because I'm creating proprietary products, what I always say, uh, retail pricing versus wholesale pricing uh, has made a huge difference in our design of policies for our clients. And Tom, M also has its own reinsurance company. What, what
0: does that mean for the policy owners that are M and Newton One clients
1: that may be exposed to the reinsurance market through the m Well, you know, it's, I, I give a lot of credit to the board of directors of M Financial. And over the last 25 years or so, or 20 years, 23 years or whatever, I've learned to know all the board of directors that I was on the board of M. But one of the things that we had to be very sure of at M Financial corporately is that we knew that our relationships at the life insurance company level, they use our mortality cost rather than their mortality cost to create a premium, which is why our premiums are lower than normal. And by doing that, we had to have a reinsurance company also where we reinsured approximately a million dollars of death benefit of any policy we wrote. So what that allowed us to do It's to sit on the exact same side of the table with a life insurance company and designing the policy and administering the policy over, over the years to make sure that the life insurance carrier is going to do what they say they're going to do and what they promise to do, and they have to do it because we have this reinsurance company. So we're part of the game. We have risk in the policy, if you will. There is no other distribution system in North America that I'm aware of that can say that as a group, and designing and helping their clients being in the same side of the table as a life insurance company, make sure things all go well. Yeah, that's important.
0: So let's stay with that theme of sitting at the table. What we know is that the types of projects and engagements that we work at in Newton One are typically sophisticated estate planning projects, uh, executive benefit programs. There's always other parties at the table with us. Uh, along with our client, and we're all sitting on the same side of the table. So the attorneys that are representing the client, the CPA firms and the accountants, sometimes the wealth managers, you know, all of those professionals that work in collaboration with us. And you've done a really good job of building those relationships and helping our clients understand that that we're, you know, we're really interested in, and and frankly, we consider it part of every project. Uh, so important to be working with the other advisors. Is there something that that you think uh, helps build those relationships or what do you think makes the collaboration with the other
1: advisors working with our clients so effective in Newton One? The bottom line is the client is the most important person in that transaction. Two or three brains or four brains is better than one. Uh, I've always felt that the more advisors we can get to talk about the client situation, the tax strategies, the non-tax strategies, the emotional strategies are much more important than just one person trying to help a client figure out a situation.
0: Tom, I have a question to go back to the reinsurance component with M, being one of the, the main factors in regards to how M firms receive such exclusive products and pricing. Does persistency and premium amounts come into play in regards to our ability to
1: yeah, provide Yeah, a good, good, good point, Mark. It does. Our persistency is so much better than the industry average. Life insurance companies make money on a life insurance policy as long as it stays in the books. The longer a life insurance policy stays in existence, the better the insurance company can make a profit. And our persistency is 20% better than industry average. And our policy size is huge. I mean it's very simple. I go to the hardware store and I want to buy one nut and one bolt, I pay X. But if I buy 2,000 I'm going to pay a lot less than X minus one. So the size of a policy in the M world is substantially higher than industry average. And our uh, persistency, how long the policy stays in the books is so much longer than industry average, which is all profitable things we bring to the insurance company and saying this is why we should have better, better pricing.
0: So Tom, I'm going to tie together a, a couple thoughts here and then I'm going to ask a question. And the first thought I want to present is, and really a compliment, is when you started Newton One and to this day, uh, maybe better today than uh, I would hope, than in many years past, you know, there's a formalized succession plan in Newton One with multiple generations of advisors that are gonna be there for your clients, for our clients, for Newton One clients for generations to come. So helping clients understand that, you know, a policy that is bought or sold and put into place is not a is not a one-time transaction. It needs to be serviced over time and that the death benefits will be benefiting future generations so that it's important Newton One future generations are connected with client future generations, but I want to talk a little bit about the audit process and the annual review process at Newton One and why that's so important. You know, it gets a little bit back to your earlier comment about illustrations on paper are just that, that they change. And so therefore it's, it's important to monitor and and make adjustments if adjustments need to be made, but talk a little bit about your, your background on, on why you've implemented you know really a strong annual audit uh, annual review process
1: well uh, steve the, the annual audit situation really came about when we when we when we started with them financial since we totally understand that a premium is based on an interest assumption that we know cannot be the same for the next 40 years which means the premium has to change or the policy will not perform the way originally illustrated we do an audit every year on the policy to determine are we ahead of schedule or behind schedule based on that interest assumption? And we keep doing that each and every year. The policy will then absolutely perform the way we originally designed it. Whether the interest assumption is lower than expected and we have to put more money in or the interest assumption that we're using is less than expected, and we can put less money in. But the audit process guarantees that the policy will perform the way it should. Because too many policies today... Unfortunately, if they're not have audits, the insured gets to age 85 or 90 or whatever age later in years. He gets a letter from the insurance company and says, you used to pay $10,000 a year to keep this policy in force. Now, you've got to pay $85,000 a year because it was not the interest assumptions did not work out as anticipated. Well, I've, I've gotten phone calls from attorneys who represent those clients saying, what the heck is going on? And there's nothing wrong with the insurance company. It was a good policy design. But when it started in 1970, the interest assumption was 8% of the day, the interest assumption is 2. Well, it goes from 8 to 2, the policy can't perform as well. So the audit is is a big transaction that we do every year. And I believe our advisors, our clients, appreciate that. The other thought that you mentioned, Stevie, is that when you deal with multiple generation families, Generation one, generation two, generation three. You know, always the question is, Tom, you know, you're a good guy, but, you know, your white hair is getting whiter and it's getting thinner. And I don't think you're going to be here 35 years from now or 40 years from now when generation two needs the help on redesigning this policy or helping us change it or doing the service work on it. And that's really where we have a succession plan in Newton 1. We're just like any other major company. We have partners in their 60s, their 70s, their 50s, and their 40s, and soon to be in their 30s. So we have, we're able to service contracts multi-years into the future, which is something that should be done, which allows the policy to stay in force, which makes the insurance company happy, but more importantly, allows the benefits to be paid as anticipated. Yeah. I'm going to bring up
0: the topic of underwriting. And we know for our individual clients, we're, we're implementing, placing individual life insurance policies for estate planning liquidity. Some of our corporate clients on on the corporate marketplace, maybe some of the me- the medical underwriting is abbreviated because of the number of contracts or the types of policies. But, you know, the underwriting process is overwhelming for a client. We're looking into medical backgrounds and sometimes it takes longer than any of us would like it to take. You know, I've said that underwriting is both an art and a science, but what you've done in in implementing the art and the science effectively in Newton One, again, I think is unique. Can, Can you speak a little bit to the process that you have implemented to walk clients through the underwriting
1: process? Yeah, sure, Steve. So, you know, the underwriting process is boring. It's not flashy. Our clients would desire the best-designed life insurance contract with the best death benefit and the best premium. Well, we know at the M Financial Group, we have proprietary pricing, wholesale pricing rather than retail pricing. But that only works very well if the insured comes out as a standard rate or a preferred rate or a super preferred rate rather than rated. So we may have the best product design in the world, but if our underwriting does not enhance our pricing, it's not going to do any good. When I realize that coming with M, I don't want the underwriter at a life insurance company dictating what my client's status will be. Is it going to be standard, preferred, super preferred or rated? I don't want that one person making all the decisions. I'd like to know that information before we even send the the policies out for underwriting purposes to the life insurance company. So what we've done in Newton 1 is we do exactly that. We we bring all the medical information in-house into our Wilmington office, and we have our underwriters go through every single page to make sure all the things are completely exposed and understandable before we send it to the underwriters at 10, 15 different life insurance companies. And when we send it out, we know the individual's standard. We know that proposed client is preferred. And if we don't get preferred, we're going to be asked why, because our medical people in-house have already gone through the file. The other factor is, if there are things missing in the file, we need to find that out. We get paid to provide great pricing for our clients. But pricing is not only the premium from the insurance company—it's the underwriting process that really creates a good premium.
0: Maybe even said another way, Tom is uh, it allows us to be proactive uh, on behalf of our clients and also really advocate for them rather Absolutely. than being reactive. You know, Absolutely. in many cases in the insurance industry, the process is a reactive process for the clients and the advisors. We don't want it that way. We want to be step ahead, anticipating. And then making sure that everything's cleaned up and buttoned up by the time they get to the, to the carrier. Yeah, and, and
1: see another good example is some carriers have a lot of knowledge on analyzing the health of somebody who had a heart attack. Other carriers may not have that kind of knowledge. There are a lot of kind of different diseases that people may have. And some carriers have more knowledge in one area than another area, if you will. We also have to understand that and know which carrier to go to with those particular problems, which makes a, makes a big difference. Underwriting really determines, many times, uh, what carrier would we use for a particular client.
0: Well, Tom, I'm going to close up here with a comment and then a question. And And the comment is one that you would ask me not to make, but I will, and it's... All of us at Newton One and our advisor community and our clients appreciate what you've done for us. You have an amazing way of looking forward, a great positive attitude. We appreciate that. So thank you for that. So that's my comment. I I don't expect any response from you because I know what it would be. So my question is, looking forward, what are you most enthusiastic about for Newton One, for M Financial, for our clients, maybe for the industry?
1: You know, Steve, what I'm most excited about at my age today at 70 is the quality of people we have in Newton One, including yourself, Mark Singer, and everybody else. In that I've not built a firm, we have built a firm. We have built relationships with advisors all across the country. And more importantly, we've built clients that are just super, super people to deal with. Our clients are wonderful to deal with. I think that's that's the thing that makes me be the happiest and I know we will continue to do that in the future. Good. Well,
0: we thank you for sharing your your valuable time with us today. I know that there's some some tidbits in here, some diamonds that those that listen to this podcast will take away and thanks for being with us. Thank you Steve. Thanks thanks Mark. The material and opinions voiced are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what is appropriate for you, please contact a member of our team.